right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Also, I'm gonna have to be fucking loud. Because yeah. first he talks real low and then he starts to build it back up. <laughs> He's a yeah, he was a great fucking character, man. Are you ready? I can't believe he didn't pop a fucking blood vessel, man. Probably did. <laughs> Do you, why did you start recording? Cuz. Like a fucking little cunt bag. You, you are. are a cunt. <laughs> Twelve cunt bags. Yeah, dick. Yeah, dick. Yeah, yeah dick. dick. <laughs> I think Terrence and Philip need to come back and make a visit. At some point, yeah. <laughs> Terrence? What, Philip? <laughs> Why are you such an asshole? Because. Because you like the smell. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Hey, my sound bar, when I laughed, it looks like a, like a, like a, I don't know, like a butt plug. <laughs> it's in the shape of a butt plug. Bill Silva's my friend. On Facebook? On Facebook. I couldn't find that fucker. Maybe he blocked me. No. Huh. Maybe, maybe he has bitter feelings because the last thing I ever did for him was I, I bought him a Sean Paul CD back in 2005. He hates you for that. <laughs> he seemed appreciative at the time. Hey, I almost fucking got bit by a rattlesnake for that son of a bitch. So, you better be appreciative. All right, so. Hey, Mr. Silva, even though you probably don't listen to podcasts. All right. So, uh, I know that we're already 90 seconds into this, but uh, we're here for something called, I think, Flicks of the Week. Yeah? Yeah? Yes. All right. So, um, even though Mike's got his face buried into his uh, social media, uh, I will take over and let you guys know that my Flick of the Week Brought to you by Cinescape, by the way, is going to be the 1995 anime film Ghost in the Shell. And Mike, yours is going to be? <laughs> Point of no return. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Bridget Fonda, uh, 1993 or 92? 92. Okay. Yeah, Bridget Fonda, uh, Dermot Mulrooney, not Dylan McDermott. <laughs> the other one. Yeah. And then, uh, did that one have a. Uh, uh, Fuck, dude. I just saw him. I just saw him in National Treasure. He was the cop. He was the Illuminati cop in it. Harvey Keitel? Harvey Fight Cook and Tell. Okay. Harvey Fight Cook and Tell. <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about those. And, uh, I got some, uh, We got some trailers we can bullshit about, too, afterwards. We got the new Transformers trailer. We got <laughs> the Mummy reboot. And we got uh, the full-on Guardians of the Galaxy teaser trailer. So... All that more on Flicks of the Week. Take it away. What? Take it away. Take it away. Bill. (laughs) Take it away, Bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got a text. Hold on. It's about my dinner. I got to answer it, okay? Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. All right. Maybe some noodles, too. That'd be nasty. Make me some noodles, bitch. God damn it. Noodle me. Mm. Well, eventually, we will become professionals. All right. Uh, Boom, boom. All right. So, (laughs) four minutes into this. All right. Uh, I picked this movie for a specific reason. And the specific reason is this. I didn't have anything else to pick this week because I didn't want to pick a TV show because I just started on 
uh, divorce or divorced. Is it divorce? I think it's just straight up divorce. Divorce period on uh, HBO with uh, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Horseface and um, and uh, the guy who played Sandman, Thomas Hayden Church. Okay, um, that show. But I'm only like four episodes into it, so I don't want to jump onto that one yet. And then also, I kind of talked about Veep on uh, on the uh, this show sucks up podcast. So those were what I've been watching in the past week, and also the finale of Westworld, which I can't get into because Mike doesn't want to fucking talk about Westworld yet. All right, but I will say this: I highly fucking recommend Westworld. It is awesome. Okay, and it's a build up. Okay, expect a build up. Don't expect don't expect all the glory to be in the first episode or the second or the fifth. No, 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 no. Listen to me. It's a build-up, okay? Build up an intelligence and good writing. Be patient. You don't need to blow your load in the first fucking 90 minutes, okay? Go all the way through this journey of this first season. Westworld, fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I picked Ghost in the Shell because I I was going through my Hulu uh, movies. You know, I was like, you know what? Hey, I, I found a gem. I found a hidden gem with, with, with the voices from last week, right? So, I'm like, I'll go through it again, see if I can find something else. So, I, I, I came across, they had, like, the 20th anniversary edition of Ghost in the Shell. Well, I, I decided to say, fuck it, I'll watch it. So, I start watching it, and I, I notice as I'm going through it, I've seen this before. I think I rented this, like, 10 years ago when I was still married, and I watched it. And I remember I didn't understand shit about it then, and watching this again... I am purposely going to give you a shitty review of this movie. Not that I'm saying the movie's shitty, because it's not. But I'm going to give a shitty review because I was confused the whole time watching it. And now I'm going to confuse you while I'm talking about it. Okay? So, problem with this movie for me is, is that, okay, it's based off of a manga that I don't know how many issues or anything like that. I don't know how accurate it is based off the manga. But the way that this story is told in this film, it tells me that, People that know the manga will understand the way this this film plays out. Because for me, it felt like I got dropped in the middle of something and I didn't know what the fuck was going on the entire time. From beginning to end, I barely understood what was going on with this movie. And the only reason why I could kind of understand it is because of the subject matter of artificial intelligence becoming sentient. Okay, because I've seen it in so many other movies, I got the gist of it. But otherwise, it felt like I, I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like, I, the assumption was there. The assumption was there for the fans that have already done it, right? So, the, uh, the main character of the movie is, uh, is the major, right? Her name is uh, Motoka. Um, and she is, uh, she's, she's a machine. Her, her body is pretty much called a shell, right? And she's kind of a cyborg, but... It, she's it's, not a cyborg. But it's like almost completely machine, and inside is they have I guess they call it the ghost, but it's their soul. Somehow their soul, the soul of a person, is inside of this shell, and it's set in the future, 2029, and this is based off of you know stuff that was created like in 1991 or something like that. So, um, it's it's way in the future, right? Uh, and there's all these machines everywhere that I see. What I mean, it's confusing because it's not confusing. Well, that's why you're, you're confusing. Here. I, I, I fucking hate, it. and I want this to be confusing because I was fucking confused. All right, and also I wanted to see this movie because you got the Scarlett Johansson version coming out next year. It's, 
In Japan, it's known as Mobile Armored Riot Police. Yes. Goes from the shell. It's a 1995 science fiction anime film. MARP, yes. It's based on the manga uh, of the same title by Masamune Shiro. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost in the Shell follows the hunt by the Public Security Agency Section 9 for a mysterious hacker known as the Puppet Master. Yep. With the assistance of her team, Otoko Kusanagi tracks and finds their suspect, only to be drawn into a complex, complex sequence of political intrigue and a cover-up as to the identity and goals of the Puppet Master. This is actually one of my favorite animes. Uh-huh. I like the beginning where she's sitting on top of the building, and then she flips down. Yeah. And as the guys are walking in, their briefcases turn into fucking machine guns and shit like yeah. that. One of my favorite all-time opening sequences. Yeah, and I believe it was also an influence on the uh, Wachowskis. Yes. For when they did The Matrix. Yes, very much. So, yeah, and I, I can appreciate the style of the of, of the certain things, but I just, I felt like I... I I just I got confused, man. Okay. Like, in 2029, the world is interconnected by a vast electronic network that permeates every aspect of life. Much of humanity has access to this network through cybernetic bodies, or shells, which possesses their consciousness and can give them super abilities. Uh, Motoko Kusanagi, who we don't know if she's actually a human or she was made, and those those processes were implanted into her. Yeah. So and and then there, you have the, her uh, friend, her her co her Bateau. Buddy. yeah Bateau. Um The the whole idea behind it is basically um, f- like uh, the police song, you yeah. know. And I can't remember the name of the stupid police song. Murder by numbers. Yeah, murder One, two, by three. numbers. <laughs> I'll be watching you. Yeah. Uh, Ghost in the machine. Oh. Really? Play the play the dinosaur game. Play the dinosaur game before it goes away. God damn it. There's no dinosaur game. Yeah, you click on the dinosaur and he starts doing this thing where you got to jump over shit. See? There it is. Fucking A. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you, do you mean there's no fucking... You earned fucking points. I'm earning points like a motherfucker. <laughs> go, dinosaur. Hmm. Can I go faster? I don't know. Because usually um, I get internet connection within a few seconds, so I only I've only played this for I think the longest I ever played this for was like ten seconds. I think it's getting faster. I've made four hundred points. <laughs> hey, you can duck. Did you duck or did it duck? I ducked. Yeah. You duck? Who duck? <laughs> Where's <Ooh>. my internet? Oh, <laughs> you ran into the no cactus. <sighs> I hope it's still recording. Oh, yeah, we're... Is it detecting... You want me to turn my Wi-Fi off? No. Is your shit uh, hard-lined or is it uh, Wi-Fi? It's Wi-Fi. Huh. So, what did you like about Ghost in the Shell? <coughs> Tell me because you, you, you got it, apparently. I'm fucking retarded on this one. Well, I mean, the whole thing is that when she's able to jump bodies, too. She can she can go into the machine and mm-hmm. jump into any body she wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Hold on a second. This is fucking garbage. All right, so point no return. Yeah, for our next <laughs> fucking video. For our next video, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Americanized version of uh, N- Luke Besson's Nikita. Yeah, or the Femme Nikitas they like to call it, but really it was called Nikita. Um, 
so Point of No Return is basically a movie about uh, Maggie Hayward. She's uh, played by Bridget Fonda. She's uh, sentenced to death after murdering a policeman during a botched robbery of a drugstore. She's a junkie. Uh, she's then sentenced to death by lethal injection for killing a police officer. And when she wakes up after the execution, she finds out that she's been spared in order to be trained as a government assassin. Uh, Gabriel Byrne plays Bob, her handler. Uh, Dermot Mulroney plays her love interest. Uh, Harvey Keitel plays the cleaner. And, of course, we have Bridget Fonda, who plays Maggie or Nina. <laughs> the heroine. Because <laughs> she's a junkie. So, yeah, this movie starts out with a botched robbery. And the one of the guys that she's hanging out with is going to rob his dad's pharmacy. Yeah. So he has the keys and everything. And, and this I, is before the, the Oxycontin craze. Really? <laughs> well, that's what people are robbing pharmacies for now is yeah. fucking Oxy. B- before before the Oxycontin craze. You know, before the heroin craze. Well, I didn't say before the heroin. I'm just saying uh, That's what Oxy, Oxy is. It's, it's compressed heroin. Huh. Explains why it's so highly addictive, huh? That's ru- why Rush Limbaugh went deaf. <laughs> I, I thought he went deaf because his eardrums got tired of hearing those old bullshit. Well, probably that too, but... He he. Uh, the side one of the side effects of oxy is Obama doesn't know what loss of hearing. Obama. So the Rush um, Limbaugh. Are you done? Sorry. <laughs> Fucking Christ, man! I'm trying to do a review here. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goddamn Democrats! <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to get out of your system. <laughs> I'm good. I think I'm good. So, anyways, the gang that she's with, um, all these junkies that <laughs> they're all dirty, they're all wearing, you know, ragged clothes and all this other shit. But they manage to have like really high caliber weapons, like AKs and whatnot. Huh. And so they rob this store, and uh, the guy that comes down, um, the person that is the father of one of the junkies is this guy right here. I didn't know Michael Rappaport was in this. He's in a lot of things in the 90s that no one remembers. Big Stan? No. <laughs> God damn it, where is he? Can never remember his name. He was in uh, Any Which Way But Loose, Any Which Way You Can. He was he he played uh, Clint Eastwood's buddy. I don't know. I never saw it. There's also in a ton of other things. Never saw the monkey movie. Jeffrey Lewis. Oh, okay. He was in uh, uh, Salem's Lot. Yeah. Any yeah. Which Way You Can, Any Which Way But Loose. Yeah, it's Julian Lewis' his dad. Double Impact. Yeah, Maverick. He just died. Devil's Rejects. He just died within the last year or two. Really? Because he has two movies coming out. Well, it's post, it's fucking post-mortem. He was also in the world of El Superbisto. Yep, he died. April 7th. So, a year ago. A year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> so he he's he's the father of one of the guys, and he's, he's trying to stop the robbery after he finds out that it's his son, but the cops show up, and there's a big gunfight. Bridget Fonda's character is she's hiding out and she's she has her headphones on so she doesn't have to listen to all the the bullshit that's going on. Yeah. Then one of the cops comes up to her and takes the headphone off and she shoots the cop. Well, she's given a sentence and uh, to die by lethal injection. Yeah. And when she comes to Bob, her handler, played by Gabriel Byrne, is sitting there and he tells he basically tells her what's going on. Mike, I don't think that's his real name. Okay. So. She kind of doesn't want to be a part of the system. No, she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to be a part of anything because she's quote unquote an independent person. 
She's against the system. Kind of like me and my old job. And so she meets a handful of people. Uh, the first thing that she does is she tries to escape. But, you know, basically Byrne is saying, you you know, no one's going to let you go. And you can shoot me if you want, but it's just not going to happen. So just give me the gun, follow the rules, and you can get out of here. Yeah. And she's not really sure of that. So he knocks her down, grabs his gun, and shoots her just to prove a point mm-hmm. that nobody gives a fuck, right? You're dead. You're you're a dead person. Property. Yeah, you are now property of whatever the shadowy organization is. You are owned by the man. So, and still, she doesn't care. So, you know, she has a list of demands. She wants Nina Simone songs and or albums, and you know, she wants to dress everything up in her room. She's going to be a prisoner there. But what she doesn't understand is that she's there for a reason. She's there to be trained as an assassin, and she thinks that she's just getting a free ride. Yeah. So it comes down to like she she starts to go to these classes and and she's learning um basically how to fight and how to um deal with other situations. They don't really do a montage or anything else like that, but they Bye. they show her going upstairs to talk to what ends up being Anne Bancroft or who ends up being Anne Bancroft as she's she's a lady you know, she's going to teach manners. She's Miss Manners. How to eat properly, how to set a table properly, how to dress properly, you know, smile and this and that. Holy shit. I just realized something about her character, Anne Bancroft. I don't mean to throw you off. I, no, that's fine. It's a revelation. Okay. Do you remember, um, fuck, I think his name was Commodus. Um, he was uh, Oliver Reed's character from Gladiator. Uh-huh. He's the same guy as... As hers, as Anne Bancroft's. She used to be like like uh, Bridget Fonda's character, and then she rose up and became the leader of all of them, right? And then lost, you know, and I guess. And then I, all I don't see where you're he going. Used to, he used to be a gladiator, and now he runs all the gladiators. I don't see where you're going with it. I just it just popped in my fucking head. I don't know why. So what you're saying is that gladiator is basically point of no return or the femme Nikita. That character. <laughs> Russell Crowe's character. No, 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 no. The, um, the Oliver Reed character. The Oliver Reed character, like the relationship, like how, <laughs> like, okay, let me say it better. Anne Bancroft's relationship to Bridget Fonda is very similar to how Oliver Reed's relationship is to Russell Crowe's in Gladiator. Okay. Well, you taught him how to eat properly and well, be a lady. Like, he used to be in his shoes. Like, Oliver Reed used to be in Russell Crowe's shoes right, in but a way. I, but Anne Bancroft's character wasn't in her shoes. She's She trains all these girls. Yeah, but there's some kind of, wasn't there some kind of thing at the end, near the end of the movie where you realize that, um, where, there's, where Anne Bancroft, like, reveals that she used to be just like Bridget Fonda? I don't think so. And then she... I don't remember it. Like, she was a rebel or some shit, too. And, and well, she's she was, a rebel, but she, she wasn't... She was really bad, and, and then... No, because... And Bancroft is in the movie for all of 10 minutes. Fuck, man. There was something. About, uh, whatever. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw your shit off. No, you didn't throw me off. That's fine. Right. Um, as as we were talking about the Anne Bancroft character, I mean, Jane, Jane Fonda. Bridget Fonda doesn't care. You know, she she starts off by spitting her gum out on the floor and Bancroft tells her to pick it up and put it in the ashtray. Yeah. You know, smile when you enter a room because it lights up the entire room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People start smiling. Yeah. Um. And then you know you're going to you're, we're going to start you off with the basics: how to sit, how to sit like a lady. Yeah. You know, and and she's fighting the entire time. Well, <laughs> it gets to the point where Miguel Ferrer, 
his character, who is the director of this place, right. yeah, uh, has had enough of her. Yeah, he's done. And basically, what he says is to to Gabriel Byrne's character is, she has X amount of time, and then I'm going to fucking put her in that plot. Yeah, you know this this empty grave, oh. if she doesn't get her shit together. Yeah. And and Gabriel Byrne tells her that, change your fucking ways, or you will be buried. Yeah, we don't care because you are we own you. So it it cuts through the bullshit of whatever she's trying to fight, and she realizes that it's it again it's the flight or fight thing. Yeah, right. And so instead of instead of fighting the situation, she's going with the situation. And then it cuts to she's a she's graduating basically she's going out to dinner with Bob you know Gabriel Byrne's character yeah which is basically her first assignment her test takes to a restaurant gives her a present and as as they're waiting for dinner or whatever um, she opens the present and sees that as a gun and, and with a couple of clips and he tells her that you know hey you see those two guys I want you to kill them put two bullets in him put two bullets in him. And then escape out the bathroom. There's a window at the far stall. Jump out the window, and I'll be waiting for you outside. Mm-hmm. Simple as you know, as it can go. So she goes up and kills one of the guys. Gets into a fight with the other guy. Turns the whole entire restaurant into a fucking, you know, a a, a gun battle. Uh-huh. Um, she tries to escape out the window. Not there. And it's bricked in. Yeah. So she has to figure out, you know, again, it's a test. Yeah, he wants her to adapt. Right. So she she starts in, she starts fighting and shooting at the guys that are chasing her. And who you know, and there's security guards there like like um um god, what the fuck? They're not uh uh I just had it in my brain. Bouncers? No, the the security uh presidential security guys. Oh, uh homeland security? No. Yeah, homeland Secret- security in fucking 1993. Secret service. Thank you. This is kind of like a secret service or hired guns or mercenaries that act like they're secret service. And they're coming after her. So she ducks into the kitchen. And again, they start, th- these guys just come in and start killing everybody, which yeah. is fucking stupid, you know. But they, whatever. I mean, it's just part of the movie. Yeah. And she's she's fighting back, right, until one of the guys pulls out a goddamn RPG <laughs> and puts it on his gun and fires it, which makes no sense because... He takes the RPG, he puts it onto the barrel of the gun he was just firing. Yeah. It locks it in <laughs> and then fires it, which means that he had to fire a bullet into the RPG. See what I'm saying? That's why it's a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she she sees what's going on. It. Basically jumps into the laundry bin, it, you know, safe. Yeah. Lands in the lands in clean laundry. Uh-huh. and is able to run out. Finally, she gets back to headquarters, if you want to call it that. She's ready to kick some Bob ass. Yeah, and she punches him in the face. But she's running around town with a fucking gun. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, she throws the gun into the river. Then she runs back to, you know, headquarters. But Why would... did she throw the gun in the river? Was she supposed to? To get rid of the evidence. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because well, I, 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 I haven't seen it so long. I was like, oh, is it like, is it, was it her way of saying, I'm done with this? Yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah, you know, she's running around fucking Washington D.C. with a goddamn weapon. I'm done with this. Not hey, I gotta hide the fucking weapon that I just used just to light asked. up a fucking restaurant. It's been a long time since I've seen it, man. Anyways, you just said common sense things aren't happening all the time in this movie, anyway. Right, but never mind. Anyways, so she she goes back to wherever, and everybody's like clapping and congratulating her for you know she she punches the dude for. Basically leaving her high and dry, yeah. you know. And then from there, she's 
assigned to uh, a place in Southern California. So she's given money and a fake job, and she her job is to she's a computer person that travels around the country, you know, doing her job. Yeah. And there's nothing real specific about it. So she magically finds a fixer-upper apartment right on the fucking beach there in Venice for however much a month, <laughs> you know, cheap, one bedroom, and she has to fix it up herself. I mean, the place is completely destroyed. Dilapidated. Yeah. No, it's not dilapidated. It's fucking, it's fucking destroyed. Literally have to rebuild the entire place, okay. you know. But Dermot Mulroney is the, the owner's apartment manager he goes around to all the apartments and makes sure you know things yeah. are taken care of and rent paid. and voila he's attracted to her yeah you know and then he meets her in you know uh she doesn't know how to do anything she doesn't know how to shop so she's she's in a, a grocery store and she's watching this lady and she's trying to adapt so she starts buying all this food like canned ravioli and and bread and all this other shit right yeah. like $400 worth of fucking shit that she really didn't need. I mean, again, not not having any common sense. Like, why would I buy 18 loaves of bread? That's just overkill, you know? It's yeah. supposed to be funny, but uh, it could have been... It, that scene could have been done better. And then, you know, of course, they hit it off, and she's like, hey, you know, why don't you come have dinner with me? And then she makes ravioli. So, the the like, she has, like, progressive, progressive ravioli or fucking... It's canned ravioli, right? Yeah. So, as you're looking at the dinner, it's obvious that it's not canned ravioli. It's fucking professionally done made ravioli, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense either. It's just, again, continuity and paying attention and it, to the details, right? Yeah. And then they end up having sex and making love or whatever. And then they have a relationship. But in this movie, he's like the chick. Yeah, relationship. kind of. You know, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I I have no idea what your past is. You won't talk to me. You're, you're not the woman I fell in love with. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you never talk. You just want to stay in. You don't have any friends. Your, yeah, your mind is always somewhere else. Yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> let it go. Stop asking questions. Yeah. I'll tell you when I'm ready to tell you. Just let it go. Yeah, it's like his questions are passing the point of no return. So her first job comes up and she has to go downtown to do whatever her job requires her to do. In this case, she has to dress up like uh, a maid. Literally, she dresses up like a maid mm -hmm. instead of, you know, a a food delivery person. Does she have a feather duster? No. And part of her fucking top of her maid You've seen the fucking button. movie, you know. I know. So just seems really cheesy. Yeah, it, it's stupid because nobody in the service industry dresses like that when they're delivering food. They're usually wearing a white top, you yeah. know, button-down shirt like and pants. Like a chefish. No, just yeah. a white top, button-down shirt and pants. You know, like a like a pantsuit and towel and name badge. And that's that simple. But no, she's dressed up like a fucking maid to deliver food, you know coffee morning morning food service mm -hmm. so she delivers the coffee and the guy brings her in and he he opens the you know the 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 silver coffee pot and looks in and then he sticks his finger right in the goddamn food and and swirls it around like who the fuck is going to eat that now i wouldn't yeah you know okay look i know that you're i know that you're there being a bodyguard and protecting things but that's not how it's done 
You don't stick your finger in someone else's food. <laughs> you know, you taste test it. You know, yeah. You swirl it around with a fucking spoon or something else to make sure there's nothing in there. Yeah. But that's it. You don't you don't go fucking caveman barbarian on this shit. So she's as she's watching him do this. She's taking an assessment of the room, thinking she may have to fight or shoot somebody or whatever. So he gives her a tip, tells her, you know, get out. She's done. She walks back downstairs. And the one thing I didn't mention was that even though they're all in the back room, uh, they're, they, they've hooked into the phone lines, mm. the, the company, if you want to call it that. Yeah. They have all of the head waiters and waitresses tied up and, and, uh, their eyes are covered, so they can't see what's going on. But they can fucking hear what's going on. Yeah. It, well, actually, it looks like they even cover their ears. So the guy, the 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 guy that's in charge, the um, of this first, I gotta find him. Hold on a second. Not him. I think it's James Handy. Yeah, James Handy. So James Handy plays the guy that was is the first job that she gets. Right. Uh-huh. He's basically in charge. He tells her to dress up as the waitress maid. He tells her that, you know, she's got to wait until they get a phone call from the room so that they can deliver breakfast. And then she comes back downstairs and he gives her her gun back, says, yep, your job's done. See you later. So she drives away and she's driving away. The fucking entire top of the building explodes. Right. And then she gets all angry about it. She gets all upset. Like she, her job is to kill people, but she gets upset. She gets upset because she was just somewhere where she almost she could have died. Well, no, because it was it was a timed bomb. Yeah, but she gets all upset and pissy because you know her life was in danger and blah blah blah. So she's starting to not like this job. One job into it, she's starting to not like this career choice. Let's yeah. call it that. So Bob comes from nowhere. After she talks to him about it, and he goes, "Hey, look, you know, let's let's get you relaxed. Let's why don't you just go take a vaca- vacation? I'll come and meet your boyfriend, you know, because it's all under the guise of of him investigating the boyfriend, anyways. Mm-hmm. And I'll be your uncle. So he shows up, Uncle Bob, you know, Bob's your uncle type of thing. It's a play on the on an old English yeah euphemism, and he." gives her tickets with him to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, where she has to kill somebody anyways. Yeah. So she gets the phone call, and then she has this fucking mental breakdown. He, she's in the bathroom, and then, like, he's getting all anxious, like, is everything okay in there? Like, don't, you're not talking. She, she, leave her alone. Maybe she's powering one out. <laughs> she's only been in there for a couple minutes. Jesus Christ. Like, the time that she gets the phone call, to the time that he breaks into the bathroom to see her sitting on the edge of of the of the tub, yeah, is literally like two and a half minutes. <laughs> it's not like she's been in there for forty five fucking minutes. If she powers one out, you know what they would call it? A fondla. <laughs> what? She's Bridget Fonda, and she fondla. You know, fondla. <laughs> no, I was talking about her taking a shit. Oh, I thought you meant like rubbing one out. You no, know. if I said if I was saying powering one out, it's taking a shit. <laughs> I'm still using it. Fine, fondla, <laughs> fondla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all week. Ta-da. Try the veal. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's sitting on. So she kills her her target. 
yeah. you know? And she's sitting on the fucking, uh, on the edge of the toilet, or t- the tub. Yeah. And she's, like, basically confessing, I did something really, really bad. Yeah. Like, come on. And then, then we get into the final one where she has to seal some documents. But that whole fucking situation, the final, her final assignment. The final insult. <laughs> the final insult. And that whole situation goes wrong where Olivia Diabo figures out that, you know, she's not who she says she is. Bridget Fonda's character. Yeah. And the, the, it escalates. And the girl that she's working with, Toussaint is her name, I believe. Madam. I will come up with her name here in a second. That guy's name is, oh, I thought his name was John Codpiece. Lorraine Toussaint. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, Beth, Beth fucks up the whole thing and ends up having to kill everybody. Mm. Or they end up having to, her and Fonda have to kill everybody. <laughs> they call on the cleaner. The, the cleaner comes, ends up killing one of the, which is fucking stupid because why would you kill an elevator guy? Yeah. Right? Just, oh, well, because you saw me. Well, half a million people saw you. When they walk, when you walked in the fucking front door of that place, yeah, you know, of a hotel, <coughs> you're gonna shoot everybody. <laughs> no, so he goes upstairs, dragging the corpse with him, and ends up having to dispose of these bodies. Not one, not two, but count them. Four, four. Yeah, because he ends up killing Beth because she's freaking out when he sees that he's pouring fucking sulfuric acid on these people. Yeah. And like in the original La Femme Nikita, John Reno plays the kill plays cleaner. Yeah, the cleaner. And he's got this guy in the bathtub and he starts pouring acid on him, you know? And he the leg starts twitching. You know, you, you hear him gurgling. You yeah. don't hear him scream. Yeah. And uh the girl that plays Nikita is standing there fucking horrified. Yeah. And the scene is so tense. And and it just it goes on from there because <laughs> just like, I mean, both movies are pretty much, you know, scene for scene. Yeah. With the exception of some dialogue in here and there. Like, the end is different from from Point of No Return to La Femme Nikita because in La Femme Nikita, she has to dress up and go to this arms dealer guy. Yeah. And she has the cleaner come with her, you know, as backup. Not in a Point of No Return, the cleaner is there to kill Bridget Fonda. She's there to clean everything. Right, which is fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, she's not the one that fucked up. It's This movie seems to me like one of those... It's like when uh, a movie's really big in, say, Japan, like a horror film, like like The Ring yeah. or The Grudge. Then they, um, they do the American version, which Luc Besson's name is on this movie, isn't it? Isn't yeah. he, like, producer or something? I don't know if he's a producer, but... Because I know, like, when they did uh, The Grudge over here or... or he's the got ring, a writing credit. ...that the guy that directed the original version also directed the American version. Um, but, yeah, this sounds just like a, a just a a half-assed or partially half-assed version of the uh, of the uh, foreign classic. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, he's not he's not a, a producer. It's He got a, a writing credit and a story by. Okay. So, but yeah, you know, they always have to Americanize it. Oh, well, we have to kill her now, so now we've got to give her one more situation to get out of. So now, she ends did, up going to the arms dealer. Did they have a morality thing with the boyfriend, too, in the in the uh, Nikita version? I I don't remember. Um, I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, it, it was relatively the same in terms of the way that it was handled. Um, 
with, with few minor differences. Like yeah. he was still kind of this pussified version of a human, of a man. Yeah. <coughs> but I I can't remember what happened to him. I don't know if he ended up dying or just going away. See, that's psychological. Because she's in this harsh environment, right? And she's Please stop. All these harsh people. So she picks a pussy, a pussy man, to hook up with, <laughs> you know, thinking that it's going to balance shit out. But that, it doesn't work that way. Please stop. It doesn't work that way, Mike. Anyway, she ends up going to the arms dealer's place, and there's a big gunfight. The cleaner dies. She escapes, and Gabriel Byrne gets her out of the whole situation. Like, this is my last job, and that's that. Sorry. That was just my little dose of... Uh, Microphone therapy. Stop talking like you're black. Fuck you. You're not black. Stop trying to be cool. I will talk any fucking way that I want. No. Yes. No. You're not cool. You're not black. Knock it off. I am fucking anything I can be. (laughs) No, you're not. Yes. Be rich then. Look, you think that you can do some power play by doing the, oh, you're not black thing. I'm not doing power play. I'm just telling you how it is. You're a white guy. Holy shit. Really? That's Holy trying fuck. to be black. I'm trying to be Stop black. It. Yes. Stop it. I, I don't do voices or impressions or anything. Nope. I'm just trying to be a Negro. You're trying to. Okay. So. You know, I gave up on that trying to be black thing when I was in the sixth grade, right? No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Nope. Yes. I was at the- Because Cal- you still wear Jordans. I was at the- Cal- No, I look because I love Michael fucking Jordan. Doesn't matter. I was at the California State Fair, and I saw this white kid- Hanging out with a group of black kids. The only thing you don't do is wear your hat sideways because you don't wear hats. I did that because I wanted it to be different. Because um, I was wearing it sideways before I saw people wearing it sideways. Right. It was in the fucking 90s, dude. This wasn't in the Nelly era or the fucking LL Cool J one pant leg up fucking era. Okay? This was in the fucking 90s, in the early 90s. I used to wear my Dodgers hat sideways. Uh-huh. Um, besides, all the homies always wanted to wear it backwards. Or no. No, they always wear theirs forward. <laughs> and then they would bend the bill. <coughs> white guys wore it backwards. The Mexicans wore it with the bill bent. And then, yeah. The top so, of the holder. So, anyway, yeah, I saw the white boy with all those goddamn, with all those brothers, and he was just acting, he was just trying so hard to sound just like them. And I, I was, I, I just saw it, and I was like, you know, fuck, that's how I sound, huh? No. No, I, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Because I, 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 that guy looks like a fucking idiot. And I don't want to look like a fucking idiot, so I quit. That wannabe voice left a long time ago. But I will say this. There is some carryover soul. You're goddamn right there is. No, there isn't. Because Joe Spiegel has carryover soul. No. No, you don't. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to believe that. That's fine. Hey, yo, hey, you look at, you've never seen a fucking white boy with rhythm like me. Yes, I have. So, uh, In the real world. Not, not the fucking, not the entertainment world. Yes, I have. Good for you. Good for you. Bravo. So stop trying to pretend you're the only one. Uh, I don't. Although you I'm do have one. rhythm, I would say that you're fucking spry for a big guy. Anyways, um, for the most part, I mean, this movie is a two, maybe a three total. That uh, bad? The the Rotten Tomatoes Index gave it like a, a three and a half or four or something like that. It's not. Yeah, four and a half on them. Six out of ten on IMDb. Forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not a six out of ten movie. <laughs> it's a three. That bad. It's not bad. It's just there's no. It's a it's a remake of a movie that is so superior that it, in order for them to just in in order for them to really make a good 
alternate version, if you want to call it, or just to do a remake of it, yeah. you would have had to have done something fucking phenomenally spectacular, you know, instead of going the route of, I want out, I don't like this, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a junkie with a monkey, you know, or whatever, uh, just, they made it and the only thing that's different from the original version is the idea at the end that she was going to be killed. Uh-huh. And as far as I can tell, I mean, I uh, all all that I can remember and all the research that I did on Nikita was that's the difference between the two movies. Again, I mean, Gabriel Byrne is okay in it. The, no one stands out. No one's spectacular. Not even Kaito? Well, yeah. <laughs> that's it. But, I mean, he's, he's only in it for, again, 10 minutes. Yeah. He says, like, I think he has, like, eight lines. <laughs> But that's it. It's the same with Jean Reno. I mean, if you're going to have someone do a Jean Reno character, I guess that's fine. Um, Harvey Keitel is, was the best part of that whole movie. But you send in the wolf. The again, the problem is, is that you're doing a remake of a really good fucking movie, and it's subpar. Yeah, there is. That's Hollywood. Yeah, that's it, and that's the problem with these movies. So it got a six out of ten on IMDb and a forty-eight percent. It's on fifty percent movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, and uh, the truth of the matter is, is that it's not. Well, on IMDb, that's people, that's actual people that that liked it. You, look, there's a lot of movies that have a lot of problems, but you and I have both seen how there's movies that we see as complete shit that people are like, "That was fucking good. That's good. That's why Transformers keeps making money." Well, yeah, but we also see a goddamn movie every week, at least one. Yeah, sometimes four. Yeah, so I, that's how a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that they watch movies, but they don't, they don't delve into movies. So they just see, oh yeah, it was entertaining. I liked it. Yeah, I, I give it two thumbs up. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, they they're not they're not picky, and I understand that. I get it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I I'm just I got to the point where. Giving a movie a five or a six out of ten because it got to the point where it's just like, Bleh. but being a little bit more honest mm-hmm. and really rating the movies, you know, because uh, again, like I was listening to T.J. Miller talk about critics, and this is because he was he's doing some <coughs> radio interviews and stuff like that. He's promoting, you know, yeah, Office Christmas Party, and they're like, he's like, I don't give a fuck about critics, critics. Like he held, he held his own red carpet in New York. Yeah, and he waited till everybody could get there. So he delayed the movie. He delayed He delayed the movie by like fifteen minutes. Uh-huh. And two of the, two of the TV reporters that were there, I can't remember who they were. It's it's non essential anyways. Um, started getting on on his case about it. You know, hurry up, we've got shit to do. They and, they wouldn't exist without exactly. You know, they're making it about them instead of. You know, making it about the 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 movie. Yeah. You know, more about me, less about you type of thing, right? Hey, there wouldn't be a fucking... Uh... Basically, T.J. Miller told them to go fuck themselves. Good. Good for him. Like, he, he called them out. Well, one of them was like Sandy... Sandy. Sandy. His name is Sandy. And T.J. Miller called him out live in front of hundreds of people. Yeah. And said, go fuck yourself. Good. Fuck you. You fucking, you, you're, you selfish prick. It's like, you know, I don't know. There wouldn't be a Joe Buck if there was no baseball. <clears throat> True. But there would be because his dad did baseball. If there was no baseball. So, well, was, he does football too. You know what I mean? So. He needs it. I don't know what that means. 
Without movies, movie critics have nothing to see, so they wouldn't have a job. Plays. So if there wasn't baseball, TV. There, everybody's a critic, dude. You you criticize fucking someone sitting on a couch. Mm-hmm. You know, not you particularly, but yeah, critics also, would criticize someone eh, sitting on a couch. There's also reaction videos too. Yeah, wonderful reaction videos. <laughs> so there's there's always a there's always someone what criticizing someone. Now? Anyways, so the whole point of no return, the movie, is yeah, that... it sucks. Yeah, well, the point of no return is when you get into it about 30 minutes, and you're like, I need to turn this off, but you can't. There's <laughs> <laughs> just no going back after that. That's the point of no yeah, return. Yeah, you might as well just finish it. All right, so, but Anne Bancroft and uh, Harvey Keitel are highlights? Yes, the two highlights are Anne Bancroft and Harvey Keitel. And that's that's really all it is. I mean, Bridget Fonda was okay, but she's not an action star. No. You know? Uh, they should have had Juliette Lewis instead or something. Wasn't Juliette Lewis a whole, like, 13 years old at that time? No. I think at that time, no, because she, a year after this movie, she did uh, Natural Born Killers. So, she was old enough. She could have done it. She could have did it. So, 93, yeah, she was 20. Yeah. Maybe. She could have did it. No. No, she couldn't have. She doesn't fit the mold properly. It's just because her daddy was in it. Huh? Her dad was in it, Jeffrey Lewis. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's all I got. All right, cool. All right, let's talk about some movie trailers. Good show, jolly good show, jolly good show indeed. Hakuna matata, bitches. Please share the podcast. The more people that listen, the better off we are. Thanks again. For more great podcasts and my movie reviews, don't forget to visit www.acoupleofaveragejoes.com. This is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.